Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Taking the Fields, a 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, John Fields, and joining me today, as always, is Matthew Bruni, albeit maybe a little tired, but uh, how, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. This is a, the, my podcast run. I had to make up for, for um, it was Colin's bachelor party, and uh, so yeah, we had, a, we had a fun weekend uh, with all our friends and stuff, and so I had to drive back this morning and uh, just did the Dave Campbell's podcast, and now I got the North Texas podcast, and got an LSU podcast with you know plenty of drama on that side as well. Um, <laughs> just an awesome day, great day, great day of sports talk, but um, maybe not so great in this in this aspect in some areas. But I, I think we'll we'll cover it in plenty of depth. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. It seems like we've both been on the road a little bit. Full disclosure, I'm actually recording this from Houston. I'm not in Denton right now. Down uh, with the family, spending some time while one of my cousins goes into tours Missouri, actually. She's trying to be a journalism student as well, wants to do photojournalism. That's a really so. good journalism school. Yeah. Damn. She's, actually, she's looking at going there. I actually, thought about, I actually thought about going there. Or Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, Missouri, LSU. I was like, okay, maybe, possibly. But then I just was like, no, I'm good. I like my <laughs> I'll stay in state. It's less expensive. No, exactly. That was the thing for me, actually. I mean, I love how we're rambling on this instead of whatever, but like, you know, everybody cares about this clearly. But yeah. uh, so when I was applying to colleges, you know, not too long ago, I, uh, I applied to UT was kind of like my top choice because they're like, you know, known for journalism in Texas. Yeah. Didn't get in there. Got like the cap program. So what, I had to go to like UTEP or something. No disrespect to UTEP, uh, but <laughs> complete disrespect to UTEP at the same time. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. exactly. Um, but anyway, so I ended up, you know, applying to North Texas. And uh, funnily enough, as we'll talk about a little later in this episode, North Texas is playing Texas State and Texas State was kind of my second choice. So I feel kind of funny about that, Conflict. that those two teams are meeting up here. Wow. I've, I've driven by and through Texas State plenty of times. I've never it's a, it's a huge party school. Yeah, but I've never been to a party on. I'm not a huge partier in general, but like, it's crazy from what I from what I've heard from being down in the South Texas region. So they might have that going for them. Yeah, I tell you what, we're, we'll we'll keep rambling on about this because I've got a fun story about this before we actually get into the podcast. But when I went, I went and toured Texas State. So the two schools that I toured was UNT and Texas State. And uh, when I toured Texas State, I was going through touring one of the residence halls. And uh, I had my aunt with me and she asked the like tour guide person, like, you know, hey, Texas State kind of has a reputation as a party school. You know, what do, what do you say about that? And the guy was like, well, not really, except I was at this one party this one time and uh, the uh, the cops came and busted it. And instead of arresting anybody, uh, they just said, uh, you know, here's another party that'll be safe for the next hour or so and <laughs> send them all that way. <laughs> no, that's great. So that was the story I got on my tour of Texas State. Yeah. The cops were like, just head over there real quick. Yeah. Just can't be here. You're you're fine. I'm sure like half of y'all are underage. (laughs) Just go over there. That's how you know it's a party school, I guess. But anyway, now that we've rambled on enough about stuff nobody's here to listen to, let's get to the actual North Texas men's basketball here. I guess we'll start it off with, uh, you know, the loss to Louisiana Tech. North Texas getting knocked out there in the semifinals by the Bulldogs. 42-36, knocked out of the CUSA tournament and, you know, realistically knocked out of the March Madness field with that loss as well. Um, Man, I I mean, I was sitting there in Frisco watching this one in person and, I mean, made the comment several times that this was like, I mean, this is a high school basketball score here. Like I said middle school. Unheard of. 
I said middle school. I honestly, yeah, I, I think we might have scored more than this on some of my middle school basketball teams before. No, for real, I couldn't believe. It. I I picked up the phone. I, I talked to my dad. I think uh, while I was headed over to the bachelor uh, weekend thing, and I was like, I just saw the most incredible game I've ever seen, and it's not even <laughs> in like the way that you usually talk about incredible games. Yeah, I just was in awe of what I was witnessing, and none of this, none of this conversation. Because obviously we've covered this team and, you know, we've talked, done plenty of podcasts on this team and all this stuff. None of this conversation and none of this game doesn't take away from what North Texas did this year. So like, yeah, I'll joke about like how bad it was, but like it does not take away from what this team did this year. And we'll get into that in a second. But like to 42 to 36, the lowest scoring Division One game this entire year. And you have to really think about how many Division One games there are this year. There's 358 teams. Yeah, and they've all played thirty plus games, like that. We're talking about thousands of thousands of games, and this is the lowest scoring one. And it's absolutely unreal what we witnessed here because North Texas, even though they scored thirty six points, had chances, had opportunities to come back, and yeah. yet. They were unable to and ended up losing 42 to 36. So I just wanted to start with just how unreal of a night. Like, I, I don't think I'll ever forget that. I kept saying time of time, like, I was with Colin, I was like, North Texas really scored 36 points. Like, what just happened? That That's it. That's it. Well, and it's like, to me, I, I would see them, there were occasions where they'd hit a couple shots in a row, and I was like, okay, you know, maybe it's finally flowing for the offense. And it just never, like, they could never string together those baskets like that. Even when they were getting stops consecutively, they couldn't string together the baskets they really needed to get all the way back in it. Like, they went up, I think it was 10-2 to 2 early in this yep. one, and then LaTeX goes on a 15-0 run over just a huge chunk of the rest of the first half. And then, like, from that point on, North Texas just couldn't quite get all the way back. Still had the chances late to hit some shots. I mean, Tyler Perry has that three blocked in the corner by Kobe Williams that I don't think any North Texas fans will forget for a while. But, uh, you know, they're down five there. Kobe Williams gets that block. And then that felt like it kind of sealed it at that point. Um, yeah, had several chances sort of to get back in it. But I tell you what, I want to give you credit where credit's due because you've talked all year about how this team with the defense the way it is, if they can shoot the three ball efficiently, they're going to win pretty much any game. And if they don't, they're going to have a tough time. I mean, you go four of 24 from deep in a game like this, where you have, you know, a fair amount of pretty good looks. albeit I mean, settling for some shots, certainly because tech just packed the paint and dared UNT to shoot threes and UNT couldn't make them when it counted. Yeah. I'm that that was the difference. Non-conference season. We were like, all right, I don't think this team can do it because they can't, they don't shoot the ball well enough. Well, in conference play, they shot thirty nine. They shot forty percent from three in conference. Oh play. man! Like you can't ex- like this. That is the reason that they were so good because they made threes and they didn't let other teams make threes. Like that's that's the difference. And the greatest the greatest asset that this team had was their consistency, which we talked about in the youth the last podcast, where it was like every single game they were going. 100 miles per hour. They were doing what they do on defense, flying around, playing offense about as well as you can ask, making making threes. They didn't make free throws, but it didn't matter because they were just such a crisp offense. They led the conference in offensive rebounding's free throw attempt rate. All, every stat you could imagine. They were just precision. I think that's the word. Yeah. And but no, at no point were we like this is the most talented team. 
in conference USA. At no point where we were like, you know, man for man, North Texas UAB, this is, you know, North Texas is more talented or North Texas is more talented than than La Tech even. Like like they 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 we knew what this team that this team was capable of losing and I mean to your credit again, uh you picked UAB to win this tournament. You were right. Like I, I want to make sure because we we get lamented when we're wrong and we have to pick <laughs> our flowers when we're right. You were 100% right. UAB winning it. I was wrong. I had UAB losing to FAU, which FAU put up a little bit of a fight. And then Middle Tennessee probably should have beat UAB. Oh, man. Should have beat them like seven times over. <laughs> I, was, I was at the star watching that game and I still can't believe Middle Tennessee lost that. Unreal. The 90% free throw, free throw shooter goes to line, misses a free throw twice, basically yeah. ice the game. And then they come down and just, yeah. So, you know, it was close, but that's what you have to do to win tournaments. You have to win close games like that. And UAB did it. And UAB was the most talented team in Conference USA. And North Texas has to play perfect. And they have to outwork you every single time. And they have to make threes. And they they didn't. They tried. They worked. They did what they could. They just couldn't make shots. And I want to give credit to Louisiana Tech because, Louis, like you said, they just packed it in, 100% packed it in. You could tell from the start of the game, leaving J.J. Murray wide open was the tone setter. It was like, yeah. you beat us. You beat us, J.J. And it's no disrespect to J.J. because we talked about before. His story is great. But you can go back and listen to our podcast probably after they lost like to Buffalo or, or uh, Kansas. We're like, J.J.'s great. And like, I, I like him, but there's a reason he was a walk on, right? There's like, he does a lot of good things, but you're, you're in a setting now where JJ doesn't have JV on Hamlet. He doesn't have James Reese. He doesn't have Zachary Simpson on. Now JJ's the starter. And Louisiana Tech said, you beat us. Yeah. And he went over six and, and only played 16 minutes. Yeah. And it was just, wasn't, he wasn't enough, but I don't even want to get on JJ, which I'll let you, I'm, I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry. But Marjorie's McBride, that is the biggest disappointment to me. Like, by far, the biggest disappointment to me was Marjorie's McBride. Ruben, right there, too. The three starting guards didn't score for, like, the first 25 minutes of the game. 20, like, 28. They didn't score for, like, 30 minutes almost of the game. And I'm just here, yeah. like, is anybody going to take initiative at any point? Or are we just going to hope Tyler Perry bail, bails us out? And so that that's that's where my frustration lies. It's not even with JJ Murray. Like JJ Murray, we know what he is. He shouldn't be put in that position. And he only played 16 minutes. So McCaslin tried to just get him out, get him out. Like, no. Drez and Ruben do not have any excuses here. There are zero excuses, especially Drez, in my opinion. But like Ruben too, to just play that timidly. And I mean, at least Tyler shot the ball 14 times. Like, at least he was trying. Yeah. He they just didn't go in. Drez. Didn't, got his shots up late. Yeah, a bunch like, of them in the second half. Yeah, a bunch of them late. Uh, Ruben, four shots in 37 minutes. Like, it's that's the frustrating part to me. Well, and that was the thing to me as well with some of the shots JJ was taking. Like, they were late in the shot clock because nobody else was, like, confident enough to exactly. take something. Like, yeah. I remember Ruben dishing it off at times, Drez. Anybody that was on the floor would dish it off, and JJ ended up being the guy taking those shots, even, you know, even if some of them were open or whatever, like, you know, JJ is the one getting put in that position when it shouldn't be him taking those kind of shots. Like Ruben Jones should be a guy who obviously gets more than four shots in a game like this where everybody else is struggling. Like Drez ends up with 10 shots, but really maybe should have had 15 if he actually was like 
attacking a little more. I don't know. And that's the thing that's always been, because I agree with you. I think Drez might have been maybe the most disappointing player in this game just for the fact that I feel like I've mentioned it all year, every time, every game that I watch, it's like I'm still confounded by why he doesn't go to the basket more because he's so good going to the basket. Like if we pulled up his percentages, he's got to be like a 70, 80% finisher at the rim. It's absurd. But he only goes there like twice a game. And I mean, in this game, he ends up three of 10, one of six from deep. That's three of four inside the arc, 75%. Two of four, I think. Or, yeah, sorry, two of four, two of four. And one of those was like a mid-range jacked up at the end of the shot clock that wasn't even really anything. So, like, he goes to the rim and I think finishes, like, two of his three drives to the rim. I don't understand why he doesn't go to the rim more. I I just don't get it because he's so good going to the rim, but when the threes aren't falling, it feels like he just sort of fades into the back and lets other guys do stuff. On a team with guys like Hamlet and James Reese, you can do that. But on this team, you know, this team needs more from him. And that's what I kept coming back to. I was like, this feels like they're waiting on JV on Hamlet to, to show up. Like, that's what it was. That's exactly what this game was last year, right? JV and Hamlet was the difference in this game and the difference in Western Kentucky and the difference at Purdue. And while Tyler Perry's great, he's not JV on Hamlet, you know? Yeah. He's not that, that level of guy that can get any shot he wants. Tyler can get a lot of jumpers that he wants, but they're tough. JV on Hamlet can get in the paint and score and calm you down. And that's the difference. But again, I don't want to put this on Tyler Perry because I thought Tyler Perry played, played fine. His shots just didn't go in. Yeah. It's half the time dress caught more than half the time. It felt like 70% of the time dress caught the ball. He didn't even look at the rim. Didn't square up. Didn't jab. Didn't, didn't catch looking to attack. Just passed it. Just immediately looked at who can I pass it to dress. You're the one that has to create here. You're the one that has to do this thing. And they're, they're, the way that they were playing, where they were packing the paint to a degree, yes. But at the same time, they were put in rotation plenty. Drez oh, yeah. was a guy who needed to attack and just never, ever did. And that was frustrating to me. Um, I don't even put this on like Thomas, even though I don't think Thomas played. Nobody played well. They scored 36 points. Nobody played. Yeah. But like Thomas and Abu, they tried. But yeah, I feel like Thomas was good enough. Abu, you probably need a little more from. But like, yeah, it doesn't yeah. really come down to those guys. Abu needed to make some of those post hooks. Yeah. Like he needed to. There was no excuse for that for him to miss that many. But uh because again, to kind of going back to our three-point thing, the Abu's resurgence was was huge. He was making post-ups, he was rebounding, he was athletic, he was dunking. Three of eleven is not gonna win you any games in a tournament setting. So I want to give full credit to Louisiana Tech. And again, this loss does not does not speak for the entire regular season for north texas but it does speak for what this team's ceiling is it does speak for what we've talked about early in the season which was masked from wins over conference usa teams early in the season we saw this early in the season we were like okay can thomas really carry you can um jj really do this is drez gonna be good enough to do uh what he has to do and the answer in a lot of those cases was no in a tournament setting and it might be unfair because yeah, they only lost by six, but you scored 36 points. I don't care if the score is 72 to 36 or 42 to 36, you scored 36 points. That should just never ever have. And, and not, not for nothing. It's a coaching thing too. You cannot, as, you, yeah. as a coaching staff, you cannot put up 36 points. I, I don't care. And Louisiana Tech's defense is not, is not like, I don't even know. Where did they rank? Where's Louisiana Tech's defense rank? Let me see. It's 87th in the country. 
Like it's not like you're playing a Texas. It's not like Tech. you're playing North Texas. Yeah, yeah. It's not like you're playing North Texas or Texas Tech or LSU or Iowa State. You're playing Louisiana Tech, who has Kenneth Lofton on the floor, who's not a great defender in himself. And then you have like Kobe Williams, really good defender, obviously. Like you have wings that can defend, but good lord, thirty six points is unbelievable. If they scored fifty six points, I would have been saying that's not good. They scored 36 points. And so I want blame is all on everybody. Coaches, McCaslin, everybody. Again, doesn't take away from the regular season, but it has to be said, this was a really, really disappointing loss and performance. Well, and I want to hone in on a couple of the things you said, because I agree. And I thought one of the things that stuck out to me just sitting there watching the game was how much like Louisiana Tech would get North Texas defense in rotations pretty consistently. And they wouldn't always hit the shots but they got them moving around so much that they ended up with a good amount of good looks from that. And then UNT, it seemed like just couldn't defend the little ball screen action they had that would get guys going to the middle of the floor mm-hmm. there. And Kobe Williams would pull up for like a 15 foot jumper that was open every time. Like, I don't understand why they couldn't at some point adjust and defend that ball screen action, except for they just didn't. And not for nothing, Aaron Scott couldn't play like this. Yeah. Like, I mean, five minutes for a reason. Yeah. Five, like five minutes. And it's not, again, he was good all regular season. He's going to be a really good player. Tournament players are different than regular season players. Yeah. And I think last year, this again, comparing last year to this year, JV on Hamlet, James Reese, Zachary Simmons. Even Drez last year was more of a tournament player because he had a more defined role, right? And it's a lot yeah. easier to make shots when you're the fourth or fifth option than when you're the second option. It's a lot easier. And so that's, again, the difference here in having not just veterans, but tournament players jv on hamlet wasn't losing those games and zach simmons was not losing those games and that's just the difference we can compare last podcast i was like man is a boo like as good as zach was last year and i was wrong because this is it's a different game in tournament settings and credit to louisiana tech man they got they got i i really amori archibald veteran guy uh kenneth lofton great player colby williams veteran guy keiston willis has been a great transfer for them uh, they have they have dudes on this team, and that's a really really good team. So credit to them, but it's it, uh, at the same time it's pretty inexcusable for North Texas to score thirty six points. Yeah, yeah, and I, I tell you what, to come full circle as well. Like I a hundred percent agree with you. They looked tentative out there. Like they didn't look like they were ready for the moment per se. Just in terms of Louisiana Tech puts up a little bit of a wall. They got some guys in the lane, and like. North Texas was just kind of content to settle for jumpers the way, as you said, they kind of were early in the season. And I mean, even coming off the rice game, I was like, man, like these guys went seven of 24 from deep. It's not the most promising thing in the world. Like seven of 24 is 29%, which ain't great. It's not awful. But I was like, you go that against rice. That's not really a good omen for the next game. And sure enough, they really just didn't have the jumper here either. And then they didn't have, as we've hammered on, they didn't have the guys to go to the basket and get a shot. Like, Drez and Ruben are those two guys on this team who should be the ones going to the basket, getting a layup when you need one. And, you know, neither of them were able to do it consistently enough to get the job done here. Yeah. Um, I, Ruben, I, I, I need to see more from Ruben just in the future of being assertive. That's yeah. a huge thing because he, he's the point guard of this team, technically. Like, he is the point guard of this team, especially in the starting lineup. He's the guy. Yeah. And they were just – he. I want him to make mistakes. Like, it's pretty simple. I want him to be a guy who initiates the offense more. And that's the thing with this team. 
they only had 13 turnovers for the game, which is actually, which might be a lot when you adjust for pace, you know, Ruben only had two turnovers. And it's like, at some point, the, the forwards are asked to do a lot for this team. Thomas had four turnovers, Abu had three. I want the guards to be the ones creating a little bit. Yeah. And especially in tournament play, right? Because what do we always say in tournament play? Your guards are the ones that have to win you games. And, and Jordan Walker is a guy who needs to win you games. Yeah, and he exactly. came out and did it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and even they they shut Kenneth Lofton down, right? They did that, which is which was the big thing. But I even told uh, one of my friends, I thought like three point shooting from LaTeX would be the difference. And while it wasn't, they only shot five of eighteen. The run where they hit those threes and created separation, I think that's when they went up like twenty one to ten or something like that. Yeah, that's where you could tell it was like okay, North Texas can't match them. Like I don't know what's wrong, but they can't match them at all. So that was that was disappointing um, overall. But I, I don't know if they could have kept that up to beat UAB in a championship, anyways. Yeah, no, I, I think I would tend to agree on that. Obviously, because I picked UAB to win it, but <laughs> yes. still, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I guess that's probably yeah. it on COSAs. Obviously, UAB goes on and wins the tournament. For anybody who hasn't seen it, they uh, beat La Tech. Seemed like fairly comfortably. I'll be honest. I didn't watch a whole lot of that game. I wasn't, I was busy doing other stuff at that point, And I'm sure you were as well, but you know, UAB wins a conference as you know, not going to harp on it, but as I predicted, um, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but like, yeah. So UAB is getting the auto bid to the NCAAs and I guess that's a decent segue, uh, to, well, I guess we can start first with overall takeaways on the season before we get into NIT stuff. Yeah. But UNT ends up outside looking in on the at-large bid stuff. Two seed in the NIT to me basically says UNT was in that next four out group. They weren't the four, first four out, but they were that second four out. So yeah, not not really particularly close to getting it, but closer yeah. than UNT's been in a while. So oh, that's something. Like, like we said, it's the best regular season ever. Like yeah. this is, the regular season was incredible. This they finished the year again. The, this last game against LaTeX juices the hell out of this, but they're fifteenth in the country in defense in Kempom. Yeah, like do I, I? I cannot express how insane that is. And again, Kempom adjusts for opponents, right? So that's the whole thing. So they're not even. You can't. I'm not even like. I, I, this isn't even a stat to say like, oh, well, they've only played. You know, they they had an easy schedule. It adjusts for opponents in it too, and they are fifteenth in the country in defense. Like that's that is absurd, absurd, absurd. The de- defense is never in a question. What Graham McCaslin, Ross Hodge, and the staff have done is fantastic. It's I, I do not want that to get lost in this. It, this year, regardless of how the NIT finishes, if they lose to Texas State, actually, it'll lose, put a little bit of a damper on it. But if they beat Texas State from then on, I mean, I'm then you're I, playing with house money. Yeah, exactly. This is a great, great season. And um, not making the NCAA tournament is not the end of the world. Like, you know, put together a solid run in the NIT, take your amazing regular season, and just you got to be like I said while they were winning the games. If you're a North Texas fan, like embrace this. This is not normal to be on this run that y'all have had uh, at this point. So, yeah, I, I think from an overall regular season a season perspective, really, really proud of this team and really uh, happy for all those guys. To have this level of success, you—it's a tournament, though. You know, it's—it's it's a postseason. You're not going to win every single tournament. And I want to make sure that's clear as well. Like, the best team doesn't win in tournament time every year, every single year. Like, you—you you see it. So, and that's the beauty of it, because that's North Texas last year comes in as a three seed and goes and wins the dang thing. 
Exactly. And that that's what um Will Wade said this once, which um, you know, rest his soul. He's he's, <laughs> he's alive, he's fine, he's just you know, not here anymore. But um <laughs> he, he even said, like when it comes to NCAA tournament, you just you want to get as many opportunities as you can, you know. That's the whole thing. And because some years you're gonna win it when you're not supposed to, and then other years you're gonna lose it when you're supposed to. And so if you think about it, maybe last year balances out for this year you know that's just how it goes i think this team definitely this program deserved to make an ncaa tournament they just only made it one year instead of two uab in my opinion last year deserved to make it this year they made it it's just how it goes in in college basketball i think louisiana tech at some point if kenneth lawson's there next year will deserve to make it but maybe they don't and maybe that's just how it goes so yeah, no, 100%. A couple of things I wanted to highlight because we were just talking about kind of the history of this season and everything, like 16 conference games, the most they've won ever, went on a 15-game win streak. That's the longest in program history. This is the first ever time UNT is going to the NIT as well, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, cool. But So there's that. They're facing Texas State, who's also first time in the NIT, which was funny to me. But uh, yeah, I mean, and again, another one of the stats I believe I saw was this is the first time they've gone to like NCAA postseason events and back-to-back seasons ever coming off NCAA tournament and then the NIT. Obviously, they've been to the CBI back in, uh, what was it, 2018 with McCasland that first year under him, 17-18. Yeah, 17-18, you're right, yeah. Um, And, you know, went and won that thing, won that three-game series over San Francisco. So, you know, I think there's still stuff to be built from this. Um, You know, I don't want to look too far ahead, but, like, there's a lot of uncertainty about next season's roster, even more than there was probably coming into this year, I would say. Um, just with the fact that like Thomas Bell and JJ Murray are gone and the key pieces those guys have been of how good this defense has been, how good this team has been. But we don't have to get into that too much yet because obviously we're not through the season. Just saying like th- this yeah. still, even with that uncertainty, can be kind of a building block type of tournament for North Texas as a program, especially if you you go beat a team like Texas State I mean, that's a team you're competing with for some of these kind of recruits that you're on, you know, a levelish playing field with. You go beat Texas State. That's big for recruiting. You go out and beat some of the other powers here. Like if you see Virginia in the second round and you're able to go beat them, like that's a huge win too. So yeah. there's a lot of ways that this can be really beneficial for UNT, even if it isn't getting to go to the NCAA tournaments and even if that is a bit disappointing. And the game's at home. I mean, you yeah. get to play Texas State at home. And if you win that, you play Mississippi State or Virginia at home. That's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. that's what we said in 2020 before pandemic ended it ended the year. We're like, we were kind of like, if this team doesn't win the conference tournament, it's fine. Like this team is going to make the NIT. Like in 2020, obviously we had different expectations because we had never seen, you know, a, the team that good before. But yeah, still to to be hosting, I I hope that the fans understand what what this is. Like the NIT is not a joke at this point at all there's so. a lot of good teams in this and it's just going to come down to who actually is wanting to play anymore at this point so here's hoping north texas still wants to play i i i think so i feel like they have to at this point like there's coming off a lot of tech loss there's no way that they don't come out like pissed i feel like i don't know you maybe i'm wrong so. but yeah. I, that's what I would feel um i mean if they play mississippi state in the second round that's a, that's the number that would be in, fun in my opinion that's the seventh best sec team in in, in that conference like that's a that's a really really good team. So, 
And that's a fun rematch of kind of last season. Obviously, it's different teams, but you remember them playing Mississippi State early last season non-conference, and that was like a, what, 69-63 game? It was a close yeah. game. Obviously, it's different teams now, but like that'd still be a fun matchup to me. Yeah, so, I mean, again, and it's in Denton, so um, that would be that'd be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, you want to start talking to NIT? We can. Let's get into it, man. So I already mentioned it, but North Texas, first ever bid to the NIT. Same for Texas State, who uh, Texas State went 21-7 and on the year, 12-3 and in the Sun Belt, uh, ends up losing in the first round of their tournament. So, I mean, it's kind of weird because it's a couple teams that are coming in, kind of similar storylines, like Texas State loses earlier than they're supposed to in their conference tournament. North Texas does the same. Both of them are coming off, you know, winning their conferences, regular season titles, which is how they get here. Um you know, I'd assume that makes both of these teams hungry, which should make for a pretty great matchup, but you just never really know for sure. I mean, on paper, it looks like it should be a fun time and a couple teams that should be, you know, as I said, in theory, should be fired up and having a good time down at the pit. I'm sure you and Ish had some fun on on the Dave Campbell's thing, you know, since you guys are coming from opposite schools on that one. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, these two teams are very, very slow. Yeah, very, very slow. North Texas, as we know, is the slowest team in the country, 358. Uh, Texas State is 332nd. So not much better. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I could I, I um, could definitely see a low scoring. I hope North Texas scores more than 36, but the possessions will be limited in that one. So it might be first to 60 wins. Um, to get into a little bit of analysis real quick, I mean, I know they play on Tuesday, so we don't have a lot of time, but – Texas State's offense actually has been really solid this year. It's been a lot better yeah. than in years past. They're up to 121st in offense. In years past, it's been kind of a defense first team. This year, they've kind of turned it around. They're shooting 38% from three. And as we know, North Texas defense is really good against three-pointers. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing is, can te- is Texas State going to be able to sh- shoot the three um an efficient clip because they don't take a ton. They don't take a ton at all, but when they get them, they make them. And if they make them, like even if they go like six of 12 from three or, you know, seven of 16 from three, like that could be enough to put North Texas up against the wall offensively in a slower game where possessions matter more and not for nothing, the free throw disparity, right? North Texas is 343rd, 65% from the free throw line, Texas state 76% from the free throw line. And again, with not a lot of possessions, that does concern me a bit. Yeah, no, those were a lot of the same things I highlighted. Got a little piece up with some early looks at Texas State. I'll take a deeper dive tomorrow morning. But um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the tempo. I think that's interesting because Texas State's not going to be all thrown off by North Texas slow tempo because Texas State kind of plays that way too. Um, I agree. I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this feels like kind of a north texas of a few years ago type of a team where it's like a good defense a little bit better of an offense like a north texas light maybe of a couple years ago yeah yeah i can see that it's got the offense there but it's Mm -hmm. also got the defense aspect to it that's kind of still what you would feel like is the focal point ish um so to me i mean that's probably a stretch of a comparison but like i think it's a good point yeah so that that's what makes it kind of a fascinating matchup and i mean like you said Thirty-eight uh, percent from three. That ranks number fifteen in the whole NCAA. Like they knock them down efficiently from there. They're thirty-five in free throw percentage, and obviously we know what North Texas has been there. Not great at all. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the interesting things that really popped out to me on Ken Palm though is their luck rating. 
And I don't know how much to read into that, but like mm. number four in the entire country in luck, like they're up there with like yeah. Providence in terms of luck kind of. And from what I could gather and you, you can correct me if I'm wrong. You might know this stat a little better than me, but like, to me, that means Texas state has really overachieved compared to like what its record would be expected to be in all the games it played in. So yeah. Texas state maybe isn't as good as you would expect a 21 and whatever 21 and seven team to be. Basically. I mean, am I wrong on that? No, you're, you're basically, you're basically right. Um, Cause I mean, Providence for anybody who's covered, watched college basketball or knows about college basketball, Providence has won like every game by like three points, <laughs> like yeah. every single game. So yeah, they're definitely first in, in luck rating, but um, yeah, no, you're, you're pretty much right. Uh, a lot of their wins have been close um, and their losses have been blowouts. They've, got blown up by LSU, Vanderbilt, Houston, Troy, um, UTA. Like every loss has been by, what is it, seven or more? And then a lot of their wins have been by three, five, you know, in that range. So, yeah, it's definitely not looking like a, a, a overwhelming team to a degree. But No, yeah. and I think if we want to put expectations on it, North Texas should expect to win this game. Yes. Like they, it shouldn't be a mindset of, oh, come out and these guys are going to be a joke. Like they're not going to be competitive. It should be a competitive game, at least in the early going for sure. But like North, North Texas shouldn't come in with the expectation of this kind of being a toss up game. This should be a game North Texas and North Texas fans should expect them to win. The line is nine. North Texas is favored by nine, um, which feels like a lot, but for a slow game like this, but they're definitely, um, like you said, it's, it should be a win. Again, if they, as long as they win this game, I'm content with the season. At that point, it's a great season. If you lose to Texas State, then I really have a sour taste in my mouth. Then I'm like, you lost to UTEP, lots of, like you lost three of your last four. Yeah. Right? You, and that, beat that, a crappy Rice team in the other one. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm saying. So you really won't need to beat Texas State. Like there's really no excuses for it. If not, then you'll get to see like the, the sour taste in people's mouth, and you don't want that. After the season that they had, you don't want that. Yeah. Well, and one other thing I do want to point out, because we've mentioned guard play and how key that is, uh, you know, in tournament time. I mean, Texas State's got a pair of pretty good guards. Caleb Asbury is the leading scorer, 13.8 points a game, knocks down a bunch of threes for them. He's kind of their uh, leading three-point shooter in terms of just volume of makes. And then uh, Mason Harrell seems like, at least to me, I haven't watched a lot of them, but seems to me he's kind of the de facto point guard. He's got the most assists on the team. Two to one assist to turnover ratio kind of sticks out to me. Seems like he's a guy that takes care of the ball pretty well for all the passing he's asked to do. So, I mean, those are a couple guys who are really going to present a challenge for that UNT backcourt. And I mean, as you said, if they come out fired up to play and, you know, play like they got something to prove, that should be a pretty interesting matchup for these UNT guards. Yeah. Uh, Texas, I mean, Isaiah Small is another guy. He's a Ford, though, um, to go to your point, six foot eight. Um, this is a very senior uh, heavy team. Shelby Adams, Caleb Asbury, Mason Harrell, Isaiah Small, and their center uh, Nigel Caesar are all seen. Are yeah, Nigel senior, Caesar are all seniors. Um, so Man. starting five seniors. So it's gonna be an old game. Got a bunch of uh, veterans in there. Um, that the biggest difference between last year's Texas State and this year's Texas State team is their center. Nigel Caesar really has hasn't been as good as they want. So I'm I'm interested to see uh i believe nate martin is the name of the other center um unless i'm missing one i I believe that's it but yeah so i think abu should be able to impose himself a bit 
the center is their weak spot, basically, is what I'm saying. So I, I like that one through four, but their center position has been streaky. So I think Abu has a has a good game. Maybe Thomas too. If Thomas versus Isaiah Small is actually a matchup that I'm looking forward to if they guard each other. Well, and that I mean to the point we made previously, if Abu's able to go off, that's kind of the a, a key thing for this offense. So if he's able to get going, you can get some of that inside out going. To me, that just points more toward North Texas should win this game if as long as they can get a boo going down low or Thomas, one of the two at least. Yeah, I agree. Um I, I like we said, I fully I expect North Texas to win this game. How many points they score, I don't know. It's gonna be a slow game, but um I feel I feel good about North Texas winning this game. They they should be fine. And then that sets up for I think the second round is would is what, Wednesday, Thursday? Uh, I'm not sure which day it is, but I know it would be um, either Mississippi State or Virginia in the second round. Yeah, 19th or 20th, which is Sunday, Monday? That's a good little break. I don't know when that is. But yeah, Uh, I mean, you have to give them time to travel. Oh, yeah, fair point. That would be... Yeah, so the 19th the 19th would be Saturday, uh, the 20th is Sunday. Okay, cool. So you get Mississippi State on a weekend or Virginia on a weekend. I hope it's not Virginia. Let me just say Oh, man. What what yeah. an ugly game that would be. That the might be really slowest, first team to 40 again. The two slowest teams in the country. Yeah. Playing each other. Might have to no. Protect their <laughs> eyes. No. That is so slow. That's crazy. That would be crazy, would be crazy. But it would. It, honestly, I say first team to 40. That might be a first team to 30 kind of a game if they're not hitting shots like they hadn't been. That could be really ugly. Yeah. So. I'd much rather see Mississippi State match up there just because, I mean, obviously Mississippi State's probably the better team too, but like, I think, I just think that's a more intriguing matchup. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I got on the, on the NIT. Yeah. I guess I'll touch on the other little side of their uh, kind of grouping, North Texas grouping here. So the other games up top are Oklahoma taking on Missouri State and then uh, Colorado taking on St. Bonnie's. So, Depending on how those go, if North Texas can get, you know, all the way down to, uh, I guess it would be like the round of eight, the quarterfinals or whatever, face off with Oklahoma there, that would be real interesting, man. Because right. I remember watching that UNT Oklahoma game a couple years back, pretty crazy down in the pit. And uh, I'm assuming that one would be in in Norman since Oklahoma's got the uh, top seed unless they mm-hmm. had some scheduling issues. But like, that would be a fun game too. Yeah. I mean, they played in Oklahoma in 20, what was that, 2017? Or no, yeah, twenty seventeen, and then they played in Denton in twenty eighteen. Something that's how like that. I think it might have been nineteen because I was I was 19. at that game, so it would have been my freshman year. Okay, so eighteen nineteen. Uh, yeah, get a, and then you get Mo Gibson, playing playing uh playing uh North Texas again. I'd be down. Yeah, that'd be something. That would also include North Texas beating like again Mississippi State, which <laughs> that happened. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be a big win. That happens. I mean, that's 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 awesome. So, um, but yeah, I, that's I'm looking forward to to the NIT. Well, and I've just got some news came across my timeline as well on the women's side. North Texas is going to host the women's NIT game. They're hosting Tulsa on Thursday at a uh, 7 p.m. in the pit. So good for the North Texas women getting in the women's NIT there. Yeah. Did you know that women's NIT has 64 teams in it? I did not know that. 64 teams. Dang. Yeah. So, so that's nice. like. That's basically a third of the women's teams get to play either the NCAAs or the NIT. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. I know. That's, I couldn't believe that. I was like 64 teams. Cause when we did the, uh, the Dave Campbell's podcast, uh, like I mentioned, and I was looking up the NIT and all they had out were the, uh, uh, the teams. They only had the 64 teams, but they didn't have the bracket out. 
And I was like, there's no way they have 64 teams. Yeah. Lo and behold, they have 64 teams. <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll see how they do in that. But because they, they did in this season pretty strong. So they did, they man. Can... Oh, because I was in attendance, actually, not to get off on too much of a tangent. I guess it's not really a tangent, but I was in attendance for North Texas taking on Charlotte in the CUSA semis on the women's side. And, man, they had their chances to beat what was the best team in the conference all year long, basically. So really came close to knocking off Charlotte. A lot of big wins down the stretch of the season just to get to that two seed. And, uh, yeah, it would have been interesting to see North Texas La Tech in that women's championship game. That would have been an interesting matchup, to say the least. North Texas, if they could have got by Charlotte, I, I probably would have liked their chances to win that title game, to be honest. Because I think they beat La Tech in the regular season as well. I mean, yeah, like we've always said, they have the talent. They have the talent this, this year. So, um, I you know, I expect them to win a game or two in the NIT. Um, yeah, I, don't, I have no idea how good Tulsa is, but you would hope they can beat Tulsa. Yeah, I don't care how good Tulsa is. I want them to, I, I, they got to win. Win it, Jaylee. Come on, get it done. <laughs> get All it right, done. I went back and fact-checked myself, and actually North Texas lost both of the regular season games to Louisiana Tech, so scratch that point. But still, with the way North Texas was playing, I hey, had it's hard to beat a team three times. It's hard to beat it a team is. three times. I mean, on the men's side, North Texas learned that with Louisiana Tech, so yep. would have been funny to see the flip of that. <laughs> no, exactly. So... Yeah, no, I think that's pretty much it. Like we said, fun matchup for North Texas against Texas State. You know, here's hoping for, uh, you know, an interesting game there and maybe something beyond for North Texas. Yeah, for sure. I'll be uh, I'll be down there at the Super Pit. I'll be back from Houston by then just in time for that game. So I'll have all the coverage for that. And uh, yeah, appreciate you guys all tuning in for this and, you know, getting through us rambling on about random college stuff and everything in between that we talked about on this podcast. But uh, yeah, follow us on SoundCloud. Leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow us on Twitter at MeanGreen247 for all the latest content. I'll have a preview posted uh, on the website uh, here probably tomorrow morning or so of the Texas State game. Uh, follow, and that'll get tweeted out on that, uh, on that page as well as by mine. Uh, follow Matthew at MatthewBruni underscore. Follow me at JohnField0, and we'll catch you guys in the next one.